Welcome back, Giants fans. Today we're going to talk about the Adam Schefter tweet that came out on Sunday morning. I briefly touched on it in my reaction to the Eagles game, but didn't go too much into it, so this video is solely about that. If you missed it, Adam Schefter, of course, one of the most well-known NFL reporters, he said, New York Giants plan to bring back head coach Dan uh, Joe Judge and quarterback Daniel Jones for the 2022 season per sources. So I want to just touch on that. This might turn into an entire rant video at this point because I have just had it up to here with John Mara's decision making. So we'll see how it goes. But hopefully you guys enjoy. Leave a like. That would help a lot. And uh, let's get into it. Well, my initial reaction was I'm not surprised. Like, why would that surprise me? Nothing surprises me anymore about this team. It's like kind of like Seinfeld when George Costanza like just does the opposite for one episode because everything he does is wrong. So like his initial instinct is wrong. He'll do the opposite. It's like when John Mayer knows he's supposed to do something, he'll just do the opposite and it's the wrong answer. Like the wrong thing to do in this situation is probably keep both of these guys and John Mayer is still going to do it. So I'll explain why in a second. I, I don't think Joe Judge is a good head coach, and I don't see it getting much better. When you see these other young coaches, whether it's like a Brian Flores last year, Cliff Kingsbury, um, Zach Taylor even, you'll see the, the first year is setting the foundation, right? You're getting everything in place to build up for the future. The Giants set the foundation last year. We saw that. The Giants had a good finish to 2020 in Joe Judge's first year. And they were building the foundation. This year, we were supposed to see progress. And this year, we are seeing regression. We're not seeing progress, it's regression. So Joe Judge built the foundation, and then the foundation got filled in by, I don't know, whatever, mud or something. I have no idea. But it's not working out. Like You have to set your foundation and build up from that. The Giants built the foundation, and then I guess didn't have enough money to finish the rest of the house because right now, it's looking terrible. And Joe Judge, in these post-game um, you know, press conferences sound so freaking clueless. He was talking about how the special teams gave them good field position in a game where Riley Dixon averaged 36.8 yards per punt. Like, what is this guy watching? Like, are we watching the same game, Joe? Like, that that's the stuff that just bothers me. And it sucks because last year at this time, I was very pro-Joe Judge. I was happy this guy was our coach. And now a year later, I'm like, oh, this guy's not good. So between, like, there's just that, and like the Giants never have a coaching advantage. The only good coach I feel like is Patrick Graham. He's the only good coach. You know, outside of that, Kitchens, Garrett, Judge, what do those guys bring to the table? Like, even the Giants' special teams on Sunday was garbage. Like, Joe Judge is supposed to be the special teams guy, and we're allowing Jalen Raker to have like a 50 yard punt return. I mentioned the Riley Dixon punts. Like, it just wasn't a good special teams outing either. And I feel like it's been like that all year. When's the last time the Giants made a great special teams play? It never happens. So, um, you know, we saw the signs last year that this could be working out. Joe Judge could be the right guy for the job. And now this year, it's like everything's going in the wrong direction. So, when does it get better? What does he need? I know the roster here is not good, but you don't need a fantastic roster to prove you're a great coach he did it last year joe judge had a probably worse roster last year and proved to us he might be a good coach one day and now this year with roster improvements joe judge has regressed so why does that make any sense i know the guy's still 39 years old turns 40 in a few days here but how can i confidently sit here and, and tell you guys i expect joe judge to turn things around because here's what's likely going to happen i don't know about you guys but i think the giants are not going to be a good team next year they're probably going to be a five 
five or six win team in 2022, unless they trade for a franchise quarterback, as I've been saying. But next year is going to be a bad year. Let's be honest. It's not going to be a year where they're all in to compete for the playoffs. They're going to be cutting players, looking to um, you know make room on the salary cap. They have high draft picks, a lot of rookies on the team next year, probably. So we have that. We have quarterback play that's not that great, an offensive line that unless they fix it in one season is not that great. We don't have a great pass rusher. Maybe that changes in the draft. I don't know. But once again, these guys are rookies. So you know, how much can really change in one offseason? This team's going to go from probably 4-13 and 13 to what? They're not going to jump from 4 wins to 10 or 11 wins. I don't see that happening. So, you know, I just don't know how it gets much better. And in all likelihood, you bring Joe Judge back for year three in 2022, the Giants have a four, five, six win season, and then Joe Judge is fired anyway with a new GM in place because we know the Giants are getting a new GM this offseason. So what's going to happen? You keep Judge, you hire a new GM, then Judge gets fired after one year. Then what? The new GM has to pick another new head coach? Like, how does this make sense? Just do it all in one. Like, there's no reason to keep Judge other than the fact that John Merrick doesn't want to fire another head coach. Like, it's to him, it's an embarrassing look, but I got, I got a newsflash for you, John. This has been an embarrassment for five years. Like, I don't care if it looks embarrassing to fire another coach after two years. If you have the wrong coach, you have the wrong coach. I don't care if it looks embarrassing at this point. It's the right thing to do. So if you want to throw Joe Judge back out there for 2022 so that you don't look like a laughing stock, although you are, then go ahead because it's going to be another four, five, six win season next year. Then what? What are you going to do at that point? You know, it's not going to get much better. I don't see Joe Judge making this massive turnaround. Joe Judge has shown us his true colors this year. The guy doesn't know how to game plan. He talks about how great his practices are, but we don't see it on the field. Like, he'll talk about, oh, we had a great week of practice, and then on the field, it's like, guys don't know what the hell they're doing. It's just, there's no execution. It's, it's terrible. So maybe the guys know all the plays. Maybe they are disciplined in practice, but when we can't do it in the game, and from what me and other fans see, it, it looks like you're not prepared. Like, I don't care what you do in practice behind closed doors. If you don't do it in the game where it matters, what the hell do I care? You gotta you could have the best practices of all time. If you can't put it out there on the field on Sundays, what the hell do I care? I don't care about your practices. Do it in the games when it matters. And I gotta say this, I can't believe I'm saying this now a year later after how I felt last year about judge but I liked Pat Shermer more I really did I mean McAdoo was kind of an ass I didn't like him he was just he's kind of a douche I'm not gonna lie but anyway um I liked Pat Shermer more I can't believe I'm saying this at least Pat Shermer brought something to the table Pat Shermer brought us a pretty good offense like even in 2019 the Giants had like a league average offense with not the best weapons obviously a rookie quarterback and Jones an offensive line that was not that good the Giants still had a league average offense when Pat Shermer was here in 2019 but now Judge is here. What does that bring to the table? The defense is all Patrick Graham, in my opinion. I give him all the credit. Um, the offensive game plans have sucked every single game since Judge has been here. The special teams, once again, is nothing special. So what does Judge really bring to this team? I get he's the CEO and supposed to overlook everything, but pretty much everything on this team is not good. So what does that say about Joe Judge, your leader? And Judge always takes shots at his coordinators, and you know we've seen him kind of throw Jason Garrett under the bus at one point. And I thought Garrett was a big problem, and I'm sure he was, but like we have not seen the results. I know that Daniel Jones has been out. But let's not act like Daniel Jones has been lighting the world on fire. I know that it's a pretty nice downgrade from Jones to Glennon, Jones to Fromm especially, but like, 
it's not like this offense was good when Daniel Jones was in here, let's be honest. So I just don't get what Joe Judge brings here that's innovative and gives the Giants an advantage. Like when you have a head coach, you want that head coach to bring an advantage to your football team. Different head coaches bring different things to the table. I just mentioned it before. You know, Mike Tomlin always has his guys ready. Um, you know, they'll battle for every minute. The Steelers have started down like 28 nothing in games. They always fight back to make it a game in the fourth quarter. John Harbaugh is the same way. They're always going to play hard. You have offensive mind type head coaches, the Cliff Kingsbury's, the Sean McVay's, uh, the Sean Payton's, who always keeps his team competitive despite, you know, not having the best quarterback play this year. I think the Saints are like a seven-win team now with, um, you know, without Jameis Winston now and Taysom Hill, Ian Book, all these guys. So you have that. You have the defensive-minded head coaches, the Bill Belichick's, of course, that comes to mind. Pete Carroll, uh, Brian Flores. You have these guys that are defensive-minded guys. So my question is, what does Joe Judge bring to the table? I'm listing examples of good head coaches that bring something to the table. What does Joe Judge bring other than cliches and comes off as a used car salesman? Like nothing. Like I don't know how he's supposed to instill confidence in the fan base. Like if I were a player playing for Joe Judge, I would think to myself, this guy just doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Like, I, I just don't know what to say. Like, I don't know what goes on behind closed doors of practice once again. But from what he says to the media, what we see on the sidelines, the examples of, you know, punting the ball on fourth and two on your opponent's 37-yard line in a tie game, um, the examples of wasting a timeout before the quarter's about to end where you didn't have to burn a timeout, uh, using a, a challenge flag on a scoring review play in, in week one against the Broncos, this guy has looked clueless all year. It's embarrassing, and I just think he's regressed from his first year, so is Joe Judge supposed to just all of a sudden be a great head coach in year three and be like, ha, I was kidding, guys. Year two is a joke. Now I'm going to coach for real. Like, no, this is who he is. And I just don't know how it gets much better at this point. So that's another problem I have is that now it's basically a prerequisite for the next GM to have Joe Judge be his head coach. So this is why the GM job for the Giants in 2022 already looks unattractive. It's because of this report by Adam Schefter. The The quarterback position's already been made up. It's Daniel Jones. The head coaching spot's already been made up. It's uh, it's Joe Judge. So if you're the GM, what the hell are you going to do? Like Those are the two biggest main decisions for the Giants franchise right now is the direction for the quarterback and direction for the head coach. And both of those decisions have already been made by John Mara. And that's what pisses me off because John Mara can't make a, a good decision to save his life. What I wanted to happen was bring a new GM in and have him decide decide if Joe Judge is the right head coach and if Daniel Jones is the right quarterback. Don't let John Mara decide if those guys are, are right for the job. He doesn't know what he's doing. And if the new GM was hired, let's say they hired my guy, Ed Dodds. Let's say Ed Dodds came in here and wanted to work with Joe Judge and wanted to work with Daniel Jones. I would have said, okay, that's fine. If he wants to do that, I'm cool with that. But when John Mara says, I'm keeping Jones and keeping Judge, and that's my opinion, and that's what I mandate on this team, that's when I get pissed off because John Mara doesn't know what he's doing. We've seen it for two long now and the guy just doesn't make any good decisions and it also bothers me because it's just delaying the inevitable we probably like, it's all about probability in sports right I go back to 2018 all the time the probability that the Giants were going to go from 3 and 13 to a 10 and uh, 16 just because Nate Solder and Saquon Barkley and some other guys read and was very unlikely that's why I hated the, the, the 2018 plan because it was so flawed and the probability was just not high whatsoever so 
it comes down to probability in this situation as well. What are the chances that the Giants have a great season next year? It's like 5 or 10%. You know, 10% at most is being generous. Like, what are the chances the Giants make the playoffs next year? I put it below 10%, honestly. Dallas is playing well. The Eagles, you know, they're figuring stuff out now. Um, you know, Washington, if they get a quarterback, they're scary, of course. So we're the worst team in the division. Like, the the likelihood of this team actually making the playoffs in 2022, I just don't see it happening. So it's all about probability. So you bring back Joe Judge. You bring back Daniel Jones. Joe Judge has another bad season next year. Daniel Jones has another below-average season, gets injured or something. I don't know. Then what happens? Both guys are gone again. Like, the probability of Joe Judge sucking again next year is a lot higher than Joe Judge doing a complete 180 and proving he's a great head coach again. And same thing for Daniel Jones. The the probability of Daniel Jones turning his entire career around and looking like a top-half quarterback in the league is a lot less likely than him kind of flopping and getting hurt again or just not playing well and being ineffective. Like, it's all about that. It's delaying the inevitable. We're going to sit here next offseason in the same exact spot, 2022 offseason of, well, we got to fire Joe Judge. Oh, we got to move on from Daniel Jones. Just do it now. Why are you delaying the inevitable? That's what bothers me. I'm not saying I can predict the future, but it's all about probability. And the the most likely outcome is that both these guys are not going to be here after 2022. I just don't really see it happening. Chances are Daniel Jones' fifth-year option gets declined. I have no reason why they would pick that up, although it wouldn't shock me at this point. But there's no reason to do that. And for Joe Judge, if he sucks after year three, coming off a six-win season, a four-win season probably this year, and another five- or six-win season next year, why would you bring him back? He's done. At that point, you're done. Daniel Jones after year four, if you don't prove it to us, you're done. You know, like that's it. Like there's, you're moving on. So why are we delaying the inevitable in this situation? Now let's talk about Daniel Jones. I talked enough about Joe Judge. Maybe I'll touch on that later a bit more, but Daniel Jones is a whole separate topic. I mean, let me first start out by saying I feel bad for Daniel Jones. He was not you know, he did not ask to be drafted here. He did not draft himself sixth overall. The guy was given a team that was never good around him. Um, The Giants, of course, paid up for weapons. They didn't really stay healthy. But, you know, the problem is with Giants quarterbacks is that everyone will make excuses for them no matter what. And they never look at the constant, which is the quarterback position. Ever since 2016, the New York Giants have had below average quarterback play and nobody wants to mention it. It's always, it's the offensive line's fault. It's the play caller's fault. The weapon fault the COVID's fault it's like it's never the quarterback's fault when it comes to the Giants people want to crap on Mike Glennon all the time Jake Fromm they don't count but for the starting quarterbacks Eli Manning Daniel Jones specifically they get every excuse in the book and Daniel Jones you know I meant for Eli Manning I get it because he won two Super Bowls here but what has Daniel Jones done like he, he showed promise his rookie year great he had like a million turnovers as well which we have to include so there was that but the guy showed promise and you bring in Jason Garrett you make him a way more conservative quarterback you take away all of Daniel Jones's upside his upside wasn't much to begin with you take that away and now Daniel Jones is a boring quarterback who can't put the ball in the end zone and turns the ball over a decent amount still the Giants just can't score touchdowns and you can't win in the NFL when you can't score touchdowns. So that's another problem with the Giants here. So I acknowledge that Daniel Jones has not been given a good situation, but I am not going to sit here and act like other quarterbacks around the NFL can't succeed in bad situations. Go look at Russell Wilson the past five years. Look at the Seahawks roster. Not that good. Look at Deshaun Watson's first few years in Houston. Not that good. The roster sucked, right? Deshaun Watson still put the team on his back. Look at the um, the Chargers offensive line last year. They were like bottom five in pass blocking. 
Justin Herbert still put up like 30 touchdowns last year as a rookie, put the team on his back, right? He proved in year one, this guy's going to be a superstar. We have not seen that from Daniel Jones. Even guys like Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins, guys who have really bad pass blocking offensive lines this year are still finding ways to put up numbers, Kirk Cousins especially. So if you want to make the argument, it's all about the weapons, you know, Cousins has Jefferson and, and Dalvin Cook and Thielen. Okay, sure, maybe that's the answer. But there's no excuses anymore for Daniel Jones. He's had three years to show us that he could be the guy, and I still come away saying this guy's a below-average quarterback in the NFL. I don't care if you give Daniel Jones a franchise right tackle. I still don't think he's that good. I mean, he's he might improve a bit. If you plop Daniel Jones on the Chiefs right now, he'd be a better quarterback, but he still wouldn't be top 10. That's not who he is. He's not a top 10 quarterback. Daniel Jones needs a good team around him. Everyone says that. We all say that. Daniel Jones needs a better team around him. What if we need a better quarterback? People don't acknowledge this. It's always like, it's the offensive line's fault. People never mention that it could be the offensive line and the quarterback. I think the Giants have a bad offensive line and a below average quarterback. That's what I think. But nobody else wants to say that because, oh, it's hurting Daniel Jones' feelings. Oh, you're a Daniel Jones hater. No, it's being a Daniel Jones realist. I mean, Obviously, coming out of Duke, I wasn't the biggest fan of the guy. I thought he was average, and he's been proven to be pretty average so far in the NFL. So it's been kind of, you know, on par with the way I thought. But at the same time, he has not shown me anything to be like, oh, this guy is going to be a franchise quarterback in the right situation. I can't sit here and say that for sure. It's not even just the injuries. People want to make it out to be the injuries. What about things Daniel Jones is not doing very well? Things like maneuvering the pocket, making throws outside the pocket, making throws on the run, throwing accurately, throwing on time, anticipation, reading defenses. Like, he doesn't do these things at a high level. It's more than just he gets injured sometimes. He just does, He does not play football at a high level like let's be honest he's he's had plays he's had games Daniel Jones this year had a great second half versus the Saints had a great game versus Washington on Thursday when they lost that game in week two he's had games right Daniel Jones has had great games but for the most part he's a very underwhelming quarterback that's just boring to watch like that let's be honest right and everyone wants to say oh Daniel Jones has all the tools well what tools does he have that he's 6'5 and Caucasian like that that's it and he runs fast in a straight line like what else that's not all the tools. Like, I'm talking about, you know, you're watching guys around the NFL that, you know, the play breaks down and they're doing some crazy stuff outside the pocket. You have They're making these crazy throws on the run, escaping the pocket. You know, look at Zach Wilson on Sunday, you know, running 70 yards for a touchdown against Jacksonville. Like, that's just making stuff happen. Like, you don't have to have everything perfect around you. And most Giants fans think that way. It's like... People think Russell Wilson's going to come in here and put up the same numbers as Daniel Jones because the Giants' offensive line's not good. Like, you're out of your freaking mind. Like, Russell Wilson would double Daniel Jones' numbers, and most of you don't realize that, which is sad. I don't get why people don't think that way. So as I mentioned, with the Giants' quarterback position, I've said this before, I'm done with the offensive line excuses. This offensive line has been the issue for a decade now. I'm done. Get a better quarterback, all right? Like, I'm not saying, like, you have to draft one this year because, honestly, I don't love any quarterbacks in this draft, but you have to give Daniel Jones real competition next year. You can't bring in the Mike Lennons, the Colt McCoys to back him up. You got to bring in a legitimate backup quarterback, and I love Jameis Winston. I would love it to be him, but we have guys like Teddy Bridgewater out there. Um, there's other guys, of course. Marcus Mariota's out there. Trubisky's out there. You know, like, no, nothing great, but, like, just enough to push Daniel Jones and be like, hey, if you kind of, you know, are not playing well, 
well. We'll bench you for this guy. Like you have to kind of give Daniel Jones a nudge here and not let him just have the job and that's it. Like you have to give him some real competition here in 2022. It just bothers me that like every Giants quarterback has this get out of jail free card. It's like there's just it's never their fault. It's always somebody else. You know, it's it's like like look at the court just evaluate the quarterback himself it's not always the offensive line like it's not like every single time Daniel Jones drops back he's getting sacked like there has been times where he's had time to throw this year and makes a bad throw or makes a bad decision or doesn't see the open guy it's like it's not every single time he drops back like I'm telling you guys it's not only the offensive line why Daniel Jones is not good it's not only because Saquon Barkley's not playing well it's not only because Jason Garrett's an idiot like it's not that's not the only reason maybe Daniel Jones is not that good. So this is according to PFF. They have stats on quarterbacks when they're given more than two and a half seconds to throw the ball. So this kind of takes out the offensive line excuse. And this is what Daniel Jones's numbers look like this year. So with more than two and a half seconds to throw in the pocket, Daniel Jones has a touchdown interception ratio of six to five. So six touchdowns, five interceptions, obviously not that good. A quarterback rating of 83, also not that good. Like as a comparison, I'll compare him to Dak Prescott right now. Dak Prescott has a 16 to seven touchdown interception ratio and a 96 quarterback rating. Obviously, Dak's a much better player. We get that, but I'll make more examples as well. Here's a couple more. Carson Wentz has a 15 to 5 touchdown interception ratio with a 97 quarterback rating. Jimmy Garoppolo has a 10 to 5 touchdown interception ratio with a 96 quarterback rating. Like these other quarterbacks, when they're given time, get it done. And when Daniel Jones has been given time, based on the numbers, he's not getting it done either. So like I can't use the offensive line as the entire excuse as to why Daniel Jones is not playing well. Daniel Jones is not playing well because sometimes Daniel Jones himself is not playing well. It's not just the outside, you know, uh, factors and the other people around him. Sometimes Daniel Jones himself is the reason why he's not playing well. Like, I'm just tired of people making every damn excuse for the kid. And oh my gosh, on Sunday, so I saw at least three people tweet, oh, you people owe Daniel Jones an apology. For what? Because he, he, he outplays Mike Glennon and Jake Fromm? Good for you. Like, why would I apologize for that? Like, shut up. Can't take it anymore. And like, you know, Jake Fromm was the fourth string quarterback on the Bills last year and Daniel Jones outplays him. Oh my God, Daniel Jones is so good. Oh my God, he's better than Mike Glennon. I owe him an, I owe him an apology. No, stop. No. Like the, the Giant, Giants fans have such low standards for the quarterback position. It's, it's disgusting. Like I'm not thanking Daniel Jones. Like what am I thanking him for? For averaging like 18 points per game on this offense before he got hurt? Like, like stop. Because he's better than Mike Glennon and, and, and Jake Fromm? Like, what? No, I'm not thanking someone for that. I'm sorry. So, just enough with the excuses. And I just... It's annoying because I just don't see Daniel Jones getting much better. Like, how much more can we improve this roster by next year, realistically? Like, you have to make sure basically all your draft picks have to hit. There's not much money in free agency. Maybe you sign one or two impactful guys. Like, how much more can you add to this team? How are we going to build this team around Daniel Jones in one more offseason? We had our chance last year spending the big money. We effed it up, right? We did. So you can't really change the roster around Daniel Jones. And we know this about Daniel Jones. He can't make the guys around him better. He can't carry an offense. Daniel Jones is reliant on the guys around him, as I said before. He's not going to carry an offense. He's not going to make plays on his own most times. That's just the way it is. You know, I mean, that's you can't build a great team here for the Giants in 2022. It's just not possible. They just don't have the assets. They don't have, you know, there's not enough time, not enough assets, not enough money. They just, they can't make it happen. So 
I don't think Daniel Jones's career drastically will change for the better in 2022. So just like Joe Judge, who's probably going to be a, a sitting duck with a four or five win team next year, it's delaying the inevitable. And I think by next year at this point, we're going to be talking about who the next quarterback is, who the next head coach is once again, when they could just do it this offseason. Now, for Daniel Jones, I get it more because Daniel Jones, financially, it makes more sense to keep him. If you cut him, you lose like $8 million, basically. So that's not a good idea. But as I said, at least bring in real competition. But for Joe Judge, Joe Judge's contract does not count against the salary cap. You can you can just, you can can just get rid of Joe Judge. Obviously, John Merritt does not want to pay another coach who is not actually coaching the team. But it's not like getting rid of Joe Judge messes up the Giants' cap space. That's not the case. So that's different. But for Daniel Jones, I get keeping him because it makes sense financially, and there's no great replacement options. Like, if you replace Daniel Jones with Teddy Bridgewater, it's a bit of a lateral move. I might argue Teddy's a bit better, honestly, but, like, still, it's, it's basically the same thing. Jimmy Garoppolo might be a bit better, but, like, you're not making that much of an upgrade. So your, your quote-unquote upgrades from Daniel Jones are not that big of upgrades, and it's probably going to cost you more money anyway. So financially is why it makes sense. Daniel Jones might earn year four by default because it makes more sense for the giant salary cap situation. And Hey, maybe Daniel Jones has a great year next year. Maybe I'm wrong. We'll see. He has enough to you know, we saw enough in his rookie year where, hey, maybe this kid has something, but there just had a lot has to change for Daniel Jones, in my opinion, to really guarantee us he's going to be a great quarterback. So I, I just don't know. I don't have much faith in that happening. I, I don't think the guy's a franchise quarterback. I don't care where he's playing. I just don't think he has it. So that's just my opinion. So he'll probably be here next year and it is what it is. But for the head coaching spot, you can move on, right? You can bring in a new GM and have the new GM hire a new head coach. That's very possible, right? For the quarterback situation, you're kind of stuck with it. It is what it is. If they want to cut Daniel Jones, they can. It doesn't make a lot of sense financially, but they can. So, but I don't know who you bring in. Like, can the Giants pull off a Russell Wilson trade? Will the Giants draft Kenny Pickett? I don't know. Like, we have to find out what happens there. So, those things are possible. They're on the table. I am not taking this report as gospel. Anything can change, of course. So, we'll find out. But I just wasn't a fan of seeing this, honestly. Like, how can you not bring these, like, how can you not let the next GM make these decisions? These are, you know, arguably two of the biggest decisions with the direction of the Giants franchise, the quarterback and head coach, and you're letting John freaking Mara decide, you know, the the outcome for that. Like, that it just makes no sense. I wanted a GM to come in here and make that decision, not John Mara. It's the last thing I wanted, which is why I got, you know, pissed off and why I ranted in this video. So, I don't know. I just hope they somehow made the right decisions. Nothing is set in stone yet. We'll find out what happens the next few weeks here. Um, Gettleman's going to be gone soon, of course. At this point, I just don't care. And by the way, oh my gosh, Dave Gettleman, why is he allowed to just retire and walk away gracefully? Like, get the hell out of here. This guy has came in here. He's been an arrogant prick, you know, to the media. And he he acts like he's the smartest guy in the room. He's now 19 and like 42 record-wise with the Giants. I'm gonna come in here every day and kick ass, he said. Well, he he's getting he's getting his ass kicked very much. You know what I mean? It's just how is that guy allowed to retire on his own? You fired Jerry Reese midseason, who won two Super Bowls as the GM. I know a lot of them was, of course, you the first one, not the second one. That was, you know, I think Reese deserves a lot of credit for the second one. I've said that before, but you know, Ben McAdoo at least brought your team to the playoffs the year prior. You let those guys go midseason. Dave Gettleman gets to just gracefully retire at the end of the season and, and, and just put it on family issues or, you know, health issues, family issues. Like, that's what we're going to say. Like, stop. How is Dave Gettleman still not fired? 
and the Giants can get a, a head start on their next GM search, but now they can't because, you know, Dave Gettleman's still in the building. I'm sure they are researching their candidates, but, like, they can't actually interview people, I feel like, until Gettleman's gone. So it's another part of the Giants franchise that proves that John Mayer is way too loyal to the people he likes, and I, I don't know why that did not apply to Jerry Reese, but it is what it is. I have no idea, but I don't know. It just, it's embarrassing that Dave Gettleman, a guy who came in here and honestly has been the worst GM in Giants history, I think it's like that has to be, yeah. I, I don't know anybody that's done a worse job than him. Like Dave Gettleman came in here and did about as bad of a job like, I could have picked someone on Twitter to be the Giants GM in 2018, and they probably could have done just as well as Dave Gettleman. And that's saying a lot. Like, it was like he was that bad. And he's not even, like, that nice of a guy, it seems like. He, he kind of seems arrogant. And, like, there was that report that came out in that article that when Dave Gettleman left the Broncos in 1997, they were celebrating because they got rid of him. Like, they were happy he was gone. So, apparently, the guy's kind of an a-hole. And he also sucks at his job. And, like... You know, oh my gosh, he brings up his resume, which was, you know, by the way, when, when Gettleman took over in Carolina, there was like, you know, the roster was already set. The guy had to do like nothing. He added a few veterans, like sprinkled in some pieces and, and they were a Super Bowl team because Cam Newton, a guy that Gettleman didn't even draft, was amazing. Luke Keekley was not a, a Gettleman draft pick. Josh Norman was not a, a Gettleman draft pick. Greg Olson was not a, a Gettleman uh, free agent signing. Like all the good players that were already there were not Dave Gettleman guys. And like for some reason, like he gets all this credit for Carolina. Like it makes no sense. So I don't know. He came in here and honestly probably left the Giants in a worse place than when he found them. Like you can argue that this situation right now is worse than the Giants were in 2017 when they were three and 13. Like it's that bad. So it's, it's embarrassing. It really is. And you know, they, they got to find a way to fix it. Cause if this does not wake up John Mara, nothing will, I, I just don't know at this point. Like if this is not enough to wake up John Mara, five straight double digit loss seasons, if that does not wake up your owner, nothing will. And I finally actually, it's funny, I got a response from John Mary yesterday. I, I wrote him a letter a couple months ago, and it was more of a generic answer. It was like, you know what? He was like, I feel as bad as anybody about this situation, but we're going to turn this around, like that type of stuff. So it wasn't anything like, you know, too informative. It's not worth sharing, but... You know, I don't know. I, I, I feel like John Mara wants to win as badly as anybody. He just doesn't know how. And I've said that before. So I, I just, I'm mentally prepared to have an embarrassing offseason once again where Kevin Abrams is promoted. I don't know what's going to happen. There are good GM candidates out there. But once again, if you're forced to stick with um, with Judge and if forced to stick with Jones, which GM wants to take this job? It's just like a death sentence. Like, it's not even worth taking. Like, I mentioned this before. I ask you guys all the time. I put you guys in the GM chair. Let's say you watching this video are a really good GM candidate. If John Mara offered you this job, but you had to keep Judge and had to keep Daniel Jones, would you take it? Like, you can really say no to that, and it would not be shocking at all. Like, you know, if you're not a Daniel Jones believer, then like, why would you take the job? If you're not a Joe Judge believer, why would you take the job? Because right there, that's one year of you being a GM that's wasted because 2022, in my opinion, is going to be a waste. If a new GM comes in here, the Giants are probably not going to be good next year. Once again, you have to be with Judge. You have to be with uh, Jones. They're not going to be good next year. So you're already wasting a year of being the Giants GM. Like you might as well just not take the job. So that's the way I look at it. I don't know how the GM candidates look at it, but in my opinion, that's how I look at it. So I don't know. Anyway, that'll do it. I hope you guys enjoyed. Um, I'm sorry if I was a bit harsh this video, but as I said, I'm fed up. I'm pissed off and things need to change. So that's all I got. I will talk to you guys next time.